Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? Hey, how about you, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Auburn Live show, recruiting edition, also known as the Dribble Freaking Pod. Your host, Jeffrey Lee. Senior recruiting editor for Auburn Live on three, three cents a month. It's pretty cheap. Still a little bit more than a pack of smokes. And the dip, for that matter. Anyways, we got a great show for you today, man. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. A lot went on in the last couple of days since our call-in show on Tuesday night. Uh, I want to thank everybody for calling in and listening, man. That was It's been a big hit. We appreciate everybody. If you haven't caught that, make sure to do that next Tuesday night on our Facebook page at 6.30 p.m. Central Time. Uh, but anyways, we got a, like I said, we got a great show. A lot of things happening. Got a commitment. Got some signing. We'll start at the top with Mr. Cole Pinkston, uh, recruiting analyst for Auburn Live on Three. How the hell are you, Cole? I'm I'm doing good, man. I got the I got the allergies going a little bit. You know, we're doing it early in the morning, and and it usually hits me then. So hey, oh. let's roll with it though. Let's okay. roll. I like it, man. Thank you, some Benadryl. I did. I did. If I fall asleep or something, you know, just you just. Just holler at me if you if you get on the nod. Yeah, just just I, I learned that word from the Johnny Depp trial. Y'all following that shit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. Hell yeah. And uh, coming in from the bottom, it's a J head. Poor thing, man. What? Y'all y'all don't y'all Everybody. don't J head too much, man. We are working feverishly to too hard on him. J head. How are you? 
<laughs> Brother, that was perfect. That was absolutely perfect. I'm doing great. Excited to see Cole take his nap halfway through the show, see if his mouse just yeah. hits the floor, we hear a thump. You know what I mean? So, uh, but no, a lot to talk about. There's a lot of news lately with the transfer portal. Lynn's Elite 11 performance, which was really, really nice. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe we're going to pack some transfers that we've got in this class so far. So, for this show. Well, big news. Uh, Wednesday night, we got the word that Craig McDonald, the Iowa State defensive back transfer, who had already committed to Auburn this past weekend on his official visit, went ahead and signed. That was not really that much of a a surprise. We were all expecting that. But about an hour later, uh, he got an addition. Auburn got an addition to him. And Morris Joseph, the defensive line from Memphis, who also – visited this past weekend with Craig McDonald, spoke both spoke to both of them Sunday, had a good feeling about Morris Joseph. Um, when he left Sunday, I, I thought it was only a matter of time. We found out Wednesday night he committed, and then Thursday morning he signed. Let's go to Cole first. D- done some film room on both of these guys, if I'm not mistaken, Cole. What yeah. is Auburn getting here? Uh, well, you know, tons and tons of production, first of all. He had over 100 tackles in his career. At Who are we talking about? I'm sorry. I should have been more clear. Morris Joseph. Morris Joseph. Defense alignment for Memphis. One year of eligibility remaining. Take it away. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one year left. He, he spent three seasons at Memphis. Um, had over 100 tackles. Over 10 sacks. You know, over 20 tackles for loss. So, a lot of production there. Um, that's always important. A lot of people think that's the most important thing in the portal. Uh, me personally, I don't, but I think it it is important. Um, you know, I, I watched his film. I think he's really good. I think he's got a, a quick first step. I think he's a good pass rusher from the interior, which is something that I think Auburn really needed to add. And I, I, I do question sometimes his effort uh, on plays that go away from him because, you know, I just call things as him. That's, that's what I'm here for. Uh, and I think that'll be corrected. I think that's something that they probably talked to him about already and uh, something that'll have to change if he wants to make a really big impact in the SEC, I think. Jay Head, where do you see this guy playing? Is he a three guy? Is he a five? And listen, three is a, your, your traditional – this is for me, by the way. I <clears> to <throat> understand these numbers. Three is a traditional defensive tackle. Five. He didn't look like the traditional three I would expect to see. But that's without pads on. Jay, where where do you see this guy playing? So I think with his quickness and his power, he can play at both spots. And really, he's going to provide depth, okay? He's not going to start over Kobe Wooden. He's he's not going to start over Marcus Harris. Complete depth piece to come in and compete Walker and Jeffrey Emba at those two positions to try to provide depth and to keep guys off the field that aren't necessarily ready to play yet, um, like our strong side defensive end, uh, Coley, um, the kid from uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, from, right. from Marquise Robinson. That <laughs> yeah. You those guys in the game right away should you have an in you need to get somebody out, rotationally speaking. Oh, Joseph can come in and, and – I mean, he can – and if see if he – and then Jeffrey Yimba or he Walker, all the, you know what I mean? Because now you've got a more productive, um, fulfilling. Hope. The other great thing about him, he's only taken up a scholarship for one year. Right. So you're not overloading yourself 
but you're taking a chance or you're taking a gamble on a guy that's got some proven production. It's maybe, maybe he can five level, maybe he can't. We're gonna and a trial run like that, Darius Knight in last year, you want it to be on a one year guy. You know, so yeah. interested to see how it all shakes out as far as that's concerned. I like the addition specifically this year and it's a stuff. Um, and I think it was a really smart and savvy move by the staff. Good pickup. And, and and the thing with Joseph to me is the the biggest thing. He was a he had some stud ish numbers yeah. two years ago. Yeah, he did. I mean, he had like seven sacks, you know, mm-hmm. multiple you know, numerous double digit tackles for loss, and then had a little drop off last year. I think he only played in six games last year, if I'm not mistaken. He might have been injured. He, he's almost like an Alan Flanagan. You know, he went off two years ago with like freaking MB, MVP of that unit, and then took a little downturn last year. And I, I don't know if that was injury. I think he only, I think he missed three games for some reason. I'm thinking that, uh, but. You needed a depth guy. He's not coming in here expecting a start, but he's very fired up to get in here to play on the biggest stage, and he's going to be a motivated guy to get in and get his stamps and take advantage of every opportunity he gets, kind of a guy you want. Uh, Craig McDonald, on the other hand, got talking about a guy with three years. Now, you, in my opinion, you want if you're going to take a guy with three years, you better expect him to play uh, on special teams early and be a contributor if you're going to make that three-year commitment to a kid. Cole, what do you think about Craig McDonald's safety uh, from Iowa State? Uh, to me, that's one of the best pickups so far in the transfer portal. And I'm counting last year, too, when you got Marcus Harris and Kaufman and those guys. Yep. Um, he is – the biggest thing with him to me is that he's still got three years to play, and he was really, really good last year as a redshirt freshman at Iowa State who, by the way, was the top 20 defense in the country. Actually, oh. I think they were top 10. They were somewhere in there. I know they were top 20 in pass defense. Was Paul Is Paul Rhodes still there? Hell no. Is, is he? John Heacock is the, uh, is the defensive coordinator at Iowa State. He does a fantastic job. I think Notre Dame looked at him real hard this past year as their D.C. underneath Marcus Freeman, but mere D.C.s and runs a lot of uh, – various schemes in the back end there. So it, yeah. it issue from a knowledge standpoint for Craig McDonald, he's going to be a, been exposed to a lot of different. He, he reminds me of Donovan Kaufman. And I don't know if it's, and he's not short like in, in, in stature. I don't know if it's just the freshman year that they had, the production that they've had, the expectations they have. Uh, I, I realize they're two different players, but as far as the, the buzz about them, I, yeah. I expect, yeah. I expect, Donovan Kaufman-like numbers from Craig McDonald. Yeah, I actually put a comparison in when I did his Inside the Commitment, Jeffrey. I went with um, an old, well, not old, back to 2013, Auburn player uh, Ryan Smith, the safety from Cordova, Alabama. Hell yeah. Just because he is a you, – you, you may remember that Ryan Smith always – he was a low tackler. He was very aggressive against the run, and he made he just made plays all the time. And he was kind of a quiet guy. To me, that's who Craig McDonald was for Iowa State. Uh, he, he really didn't start probably but maybe four or five games, but he was always in the rotation. But every time he stepped on the field, he was making big hits. He was, you know, catching – he was uh, pass breaking up passes. He got some interceptions off some tips. But that's just because he's always around the football. And and to me, that's, that's reminiscent of, of Ron Smith and the way that he played. And, and that's just kind of – 
I don't know. That's that's the name that came to mind when I watched them play, and they're both kind of tall, lengthy guys. So if you want a good comparison, that to me is the one. That is um, the signing of both Morris and McDonald gives Auburn three for this spring. Triveza, uh <laughs> three. There you go. Uh, three. But, you know, I thought it was interesting Wednesday night. We saw Auburn go out and offer Diamante Tucker Dorsey a lot of freaking studish numbers from yeah. James Madison. Kids from Norfolk, Virginia's 5'10", something like that. You know, he's T-wheel type guy. Yeah. But Auburn jumped on him early. I know that they love his experience. He's been a starter there. I think he started the past 35 games. He played a lot um, let me look at his numbers. 106, 116 tackles last year. Nine tackles for loss, two and a half sacks, two forced homes, four interceptions from a linebacker spot. Yeah. And Auburn loves that experience. They need some depth at the linebacker position. He's a grad transfer, so transfer eligibility shouldn't be a problem for him. You're only making a one one year commitment. Problem with him is is that shit, man. Texas, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, UCF, um, uh, uh, Florida State. All have jumped in on this guy and uh, and gotten into the game with him. He's hadn't set up any visits, but I thought it was interesting. All for Jay Head. What do you think about uh, Diamante Tuck? Is what they call him, Tuck. Fantastic player. I mean, really, really good, and somebody that could probably place the production that you lost with Zacoby McLean from the. Um, you don't see teams the caliber of Texas, Texas A and M, Ole Miss jump in, Florida State jump in. T-Wheel. UCF and T-Wheel, very quality. So, love what he could provide us, potentially in there replacing Zacoby over at the wheel, maybe at the mic, I'm not sure how that's Dude, who's but, getting uh, OnlyFans tips? <laughs> yeah, I know y'all heard that, my, too. Yeah, I hear it. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, that's my family texting me right now. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know anything no, about the big... fans, but I'm just assuming that's what we're like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll go to Cole. Cole, give me your give me your uh, assessment of, of Mr. Uh, Tucker Dorsey. Uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't, I've only seen a little highlight tape of him, and I haven't really watched all of his film. But he looks like that guy that's kind of like Owen Papo. He can cover a lot of ground as a linebacker, and you know. To me, it just kind of speaks to they're just not 100% sold on the linebacker group right now, which is something that we've kind of talked about. And they just need one more guy to come in there and, and really help out this 2022 season while these younger guys grow into the role, you know. And, and I think I think the way that Schmetting and the way that Robinson likes to do things is have a deep rotation there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't, there's no foul at all in, in right. trying to get this guy. In when your commitment – and, and you know what? We won't spend a lot of time on this guy until he sets a visit and gets serious. But um, because this is a one-year guy and Auburn doesn't have a lot of, at least on paper, a lot of playing time to offer this guy except for the ro- being in the rotation. So yeah. I think there, there, I think there's some concern there on Auburn's point, uh, side of whether or not the numbers align for a guy like him, especially when you've got all these other big SEC schools coming in. I think that would that was a big draw to Auburn. Uh, but – I thought the, the biggest, and Jay, this is going to be a big, I think you've been kind of uh, giving us the heads up on this for a long time about the signing class, you know, the NCAA on Wednesday 
officially withdrew for the next two years. The signing class limitations, the 25 number is gone. And Auburn was obviously excited to hear that because we saw some uh, some reactions on Twitter from Darren Usher. Big cap at you to him. That, that recruiting department's been killing it lately. And uh, what what does that mean for Auburn, Jay Head? Well, it means they can fill up to the 85-man limit without being capped in this class, and that's fantastic this year and even better news for next year. So say we don't fill up to our 85, we're not hamstrung by the 25-man limit to replace the numbers in the class that we need. We can take as many high school and JUCO prospects as we absolutely want without necessarily having to worry about adding transfers. You can just completely fill up. If you've got quality guys, you can take as many quality guys as you possibly want. So I think this is fantastic news for us. Here's the thing. It's only been approved in the next two years. So they'll have to vote on it again within they want to make it permanent or not. In the short term, this is good for Auburn. Now, it's not because teams like Alabama and Georgia and Texas A&M, they can do the exact same thing. They can take as many as long as they stay underneath the 85. So it does open the window. But if you're in a position that Auburn's in and you need scholarship and you don't want to be hamstrung on your numbers, this is fantastic news. I feel certain that we're going to be able to take more quality prospects now. Would have been able to. So it's – I don't see the downside immediately for Auburn. This is, this is all very positive news. Glad to see that they did this. Um, also very glad to see that they put windows on the portal or they're proposing windows on the portal. What do you mean? So right now, the EA has proposed to the NCAA that they're going to put windows on the portal, which means that kids can only jump in during certain So right now, the proposal from the AFCA is that you can enter the portal, I think, after your last game or the last Sunday in November up until either the early signing period or after your last game. So for those guys season play, you know, whether they're, you know, in the playoff or a bowl game or even at the FCS and they're playing in the championships there in the playoff, you don't have to while that's going on make a decision so, your last game. So that tells me, Jayhead, that they are putting they're they're basically making a, a dead period for the portal now. And they're hearing Correct. These, so, it, it so sounds like they're really hearing these coaches out when they're complaining about it. Or they seem 100, to have yeah, their hands tied about it, at least. 100%. Right. So it, what they're doing is is they're, they're not letting kids out or let kids start the season and they jump in the damn portal and they've waited yeah. for the ship all season long. Now they're being forced to make a decision. Coaches don't have to constantly recruit their roster, which is a huge issue right now. Right. Yep. Constantly recruiting their own roster. So they're going to put that, that first window there that open a spring window and it's going to be April 15th to May 1st or that's the proposal as of today I think that's fantastic news what it does is it kind of makes to the NFL where you have a free agency period and there's only set date to set date this is really good news in addition to the 85 man the portal windows that's the best news the coaches have heard in a really long rule standpoint yeah, man. You know what? I'm curious if that if that rule was in place for the 2022 class that Auburn just signed with just 17 guys in it. How many of those guys that were on the bubble do you think they would have really pushed for if that was the case? You know, because they I think they were probably holding out for numbers in the transfer portal. 
and they've got eight now, which is, you know, pretty good. I think they might may have wanted more than that uh, at one time, but as we talked about the, you know, the, the, what was it, Jeffrey, the PT, what's it called? Progress PTD. toward degree. Yeah, yeah PTD rules. So, you know, they got a little hindered there too, but um, it, it, I'm just curious. Guys like maybe Caleb Webb or Mark, Marquarius Squirrel White, guys that they just kind of, Justin Williams, you know, maybe they would have pushed harder for those guys if they knew there was no limit to how many you could take in. Right. So, Not I think, so selective, yeah. I think the 2023 class is going to push closer to 25, 30 players, if I had to guess, with this rule of play. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I fully see us trying to take high school prospects, high school and JUCO prospects right now. I, I don't think – lesson in this class to a degree they're not going to just lean on the portal i think they're going to learn they're going to try to take as many quality school prospects as they can and juco prospects and then kind of augment their holes or deficiencies through the portal you know as they lose a guy they replace a guy and not necessarily try to build off the portal like they did this past season and and i'll say too even with the, the the uh you know the roadblocks they've hit in the portal they still managed to get in guys like Craig McDonald, DJ James, Jason Jones, Zach Calzada, guys that are really going to contribute and might even be, you know, stars at Auburn. So uh, there's still, there's still an opportunity to get good players from the portal, but now they've probably learned, Hey, let's not rely on that. And now they now opening up this class limit thing, man, that, that really gives you more options. Right. Do you think, do you think this is going to improve the level and quality of the transfer portal? So you're talking about Georgia and Alabama being able to sign up to 85, right? Throw, throw the 25 out. So now are, are they, are, are more kids going to be processed? More younger kids going to be processed? If, you know, if Alabama and Georgia are taking, you know, full, full filling up their roster every year, they got to make room for these new guys coming up, right? Is that yeah. is that a possibility that that improves the quality of the transfer portal? Yep, absolutely. Theoretically, at least. I think uh, you know, even if I think the cream always rises to the top. So if you are one of the best players in high school or in the portal, it doesn't matter. You're going to make a roster somewhere. The ones that supposedly aren't, you know, good enough to stay on roster, those are the ones that are going to you know, be still out there floating when it's all said and done, which I think there's going to be a lot of people floating from the transfer portal this year with so many people that entered and, Mm. you know, that's the way it's going right now. But there's also high school kids that are floating because teams are waiting to see what they can get from the portal. Right. So the cream will rise to the top. You better be good. You know, they're going to take you if you're good. They're not. If, if, if If you're questionable, they're not going to take you. And that's how it'll go. Speaking of it, the transfer portal, the quality of the transfer portals. Let's Cole mentioned, uh, name some guys that Auburn has signed eight transfers they've added since December. Yep. Uh, let's l- let's look at Auburn's inventory of transfers right now. You guys are going to know this a lot more than me, but I know Jay Head was talking about maybe ranking these guys, the impact transfers that Auburn's brought in. Uh, we, we'll, we'll name them just the three right now. We, we know of Desalen Worsham, Morris Joseph, Craig McDonald. Uh, Jason Jones, DJ James, Zach Calzada, Robbie Ashford, Robbie Ashford, Eugene Asante, Eugene Asante, and Eugene Asante. So, knowing those guys, 
five of which are already here. Three will be here in the next week or two, starting for two days. What yeah. do y'all think about these guys? How do you see them impacting the roster this year? Got a couple of grad transfers, and Morris Joseph are one-year guys. Uh, Asante is also a one-year guy. Most of these guys are multiple, though. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a big deal, too, when you're breaking it down. because yeah, gotta, Most of them got two or three. I mean, well, Calzada's got three. Ashford's got four. Yeah, he's got four. Craig McDonald's got three. Uh, I think DJ James has two. Jason Jones. Jazz has yeah, Daz has four. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't remember. So There's only one guy this year that only has one year, and that's that's Joseph. And Asante, right? No, Asante's got two, I think. He's, okay. Yeah, he's got, yeah, he's got two because he had a redshirt year. Mixed Dang, so only one one year. Yeah, which compared to last year, you had what, Knighton, Fair. Uh, was there anybody else? Hey, before, well, the kid from West Virginia uh, turned into a one-year. Demetrius, Demetrius <laughs> Robertson was a one-year, too. Yeah, there you go. That, yeah. I mean, and I made that point when I was writing about those guys that, you know, when you're looking at the portal and everyone likes to talk about depth and how you're building depth, well, you're not doing it when you get a one-year guy. You're not building depth at all, in my opinion. Yeah, one no. year. That's it. Yep. Morris Joseph. Okay, so we talk about who, – who do you think he replaces? What 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 – Whose reps are they bringing in to, for him to take? Is it is it Tony he and Matthews? Okay, it's not Tony Fair because that's a nose guy. He's a one, right? Yeah, yeah. he's a one no. or a zero. I would say Jason Jones was the Tony Fair replacement, um, and he's going to yeah. battle with uh, he's going to battle with our current starter at nose tackle. Um, man, what's his name? The Big Cheese from uh, Chicago. Burks. Marquise. Yeah, Marquise Burks. He's going to battle Burks at the nose, which is what Tony did last year. And, and, uh, and that's an upgrade. Pagese was in there as well at nose. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you let's, let's Go ahead. Rank those. Let's, yeah, let's rank them. Let's start with uh, – I'll start it off. Um, do you guys want to go in inverse to one, do one to eight? Let's hey, go. You, you and Cole are going to head this up, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all go, go – um, I'm going to go check on my clothes. Let's go eight to one, Jay Hedge. Give me your eight. I'll give you mine, and then we'll keep going down the line. Sounds good. Off with Robbie Ashford, Oregon. Yep. Uh, the reason why I'm going to go with Robbie Ashford is because I think we're going to predominantly only play one quarterback. I think that he is definitely a better player than I thought he would be, yeah. um, specifically what he showed me in spring. I think he adds a lot of depth to the quarterback room. I just don't think he's going to get on the field very much this yeah. coming fall. Right. All right. Same for me. It is going to be Robbie Ashford uh, in, in four years. Got four years, right? So if we're talking about production for this coming season, probably not. Probably not going to be the starter. That's just the feel right now, right? 100%. All right. Who you got at seven? At seven, I got Mo Joseph. That's who I'm rolling with. And he may, you know, end up being high on the list, but right now I see him behind Jeffrey Embe and Zeke Walker, and then obviously behind Marcus Harris and Kobe Wooden. So unless he just exceeds my expectations in fall camp, I got Mo Joseph at number seven. Okay. Number seven, I'm going to go with um, DeZalen Worsham. I, I think he adds depth to the receiver room, but I don't think he's going to burst onto the scene exactly. So. I, but he's got four years or three or four years, whatever, too. So, you know, that's another guy that 
could be better in the future, but probably not for 2022. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Okay. Jay Lee, just to catch you up, we've gone number eight at Robbie Ashford. At number seven, I went Morris Joseph, and then obviously Cole went Daz Worsham. So now we're to six, and I'm going to go with Eugene Asante. I'm not sure. It, you know, I didn't get him in spring or, or what he could contribute. If we're looking for another – looking at another linebacker right now, yeah. that makes yeah. me think that, you know, they're still looking for playmakers there. So oh, how much of an impression Asante made. Maybe that changes in fall camp. But, hey, I think he's behind Wesley Steiner, behind mm-hmm. Cam Riley. I just don't know what the to create – yeah, that's the key. Uh, that he is that they're looking for another linebacker. To me, that's the key. But but my number six is going to be Morris Joseph. Um, you know, I, I just think that he is a depth piece. I don't think he's going to play a significant number of snaps, but enough snaps to help out. Gotcha. So now, so now, is it, did y'all have your about the same bottom four of that group? Yeah. Ashford, Mojo, Daz, and Asante. Yeah, number, Jay Head, you haven't gotten to uh, Asante, have you? Number he did number he was number six for Jay Head and and Asante's number five for me. Okay, so now you're talking about your top four. Yeah, transfers. so he's so Jay Head's on number five yeah. now. Oh, okay, number five. So and 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 you're right, Jeffrey. Daz Worsham was the next guy there. Okay, so yeah. that's it. Daz for me, I think he's going to move into the flanker spot um, and compete at the Z with. Uh, with MJJ, and I'm just interested to see, you know, Daz is coming out of a pro-style scheme this spring. You know, what kind of athleticism can he show? How quickly can he pick up the scheme? I think there's a definite need at wide receiver, which is why I've got him higher than some of the other guys. Right. And if he can come in and that athleticism that he's full and the ability to catch the ball and make plays down the field, I think he can be a big player than some of the other guys we've listed. And yeah. So, so top four, the top yeah. half, top, top four. four. Who, who, who I mean, I, I've got it written down, and it's pretty. These are going to be the most impactful transfers. Yeah. This year, for all. Go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. Give, yep. give us your four. So I'll give you my four. So we're going to go Craig McDonald at four, Jason Jones at three, DJ James at two, and no secret, Zach Calzada number one. Nobody touches the ball more than the quarterback. We we need. Big play to make some noise this season on the on the planes, you know, this fall. So, I think it's no question Zach Calzada number one. Nice. Mine is completely different. (laughs) So, uh, number four is Jason Jones for me. Okay. Uh, Number three is going to be Craig McDonald. Was that your three though? That was your three, wasn't it? Those were flip flop. Oh, okay, okay. So number two is Zach Calzada for me. But really, really, and DJ James is number one. Let me make sure that I'm clear here. I, they're basically 1A and 1B to me because as much as Auburn needed better quarterback play, they also have to replace Roger McCreary. And that is a tall task. So I think DJ James, maybe if he's not the direct replacement, he's a, he's a way to help replace Roger McCreary. Um, I'm hearing he's extremely fast. I'm hearing he's all that, but I've seen him too, and I think he's really good. So he's number one for me. D- 
DJ James, Spanish Ford. Yeah, I really like him, man. Very good player. Very, and mm-hmm. you know what? He offers a lot of versatility. I think where DJ will be, obviously, I back up this year to our two starters in Simpson and Pritchett. But what I like about DJ is, is the flexibility to play the nickel. So when you play teams like Alabama or you play teams um, that like to spread you out like Mississippi State, you're not going to have that mismatch that we had in this year. DJ can come in and cover those those smaller, shiftier, you know, wide receivers that play in the slot. So we're not going to be as, as exposed as this year. I'll tell you what, I, I'll give you one thing that I noticed on his film, and this was in the Ohio State game where he – uh, had to go against their receivers, who we all know are really good. So, Roger McCreary, I think he had three interceptions in the end zone, two or three interceptions in the end zone in his career at Auburn. One was against Kentucky, one was against Ole Miss. Maybe it was two. Anyway. Tennessee. Yeah, and Tennessee. Okay, so DJ James looked stronger to me when his back was against the wall in those games. So, that's why I think he's a good replacement for McCreary. So, we'll see how that goes. Interesting, fellas. Well, y'all going to look bad when Robbie Astor takes the field. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to look bad when uh, Morris Joseph is running down tackles 99 yards away because yeah. I talked about his effort not being great. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun uh, in that interview, Cole. Go right yeah. ahead, man. <laughs> Staying on the theme of the transfer portal, for all you guys listening, I know it's a hot topic right now. As of right now, y'all correct me, I, uh, uh, apart from Diamante Tucker-Dorsey, I have zero names to watch. Yeah, yeah I don't have any either. But no, no names to watch. Go ahead, Cole. I'm sorry. I I, no, I'm, I cut you off. But I, I, I'm telling you, I'm going to have to go back through the portal and see who's left because I really think the Morris-Joseph deal – was probably a guy that they kept tabs on for a while and then came back to here at the end and said, you know what, I think he's good enough to come in and help us one year. Let's do it. When did he go in the portal? There was one guy that I was shocked to hear that he had been talking to Auburn for about two months. It's probably him because he's been committed to Georgia Tech for a little while. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I I just think he he was revisited by the staff. So I think there's probably others that will be revisited too. I agree, and two names that I'm watching right now at the wide receiver position are going to be Deion Smith. Can he get his academic at LSU, um, and do we make this Ike make a swing back through there on him? Because that's a that's a number one type wide receiver, or that's Deion. what he showed in his freshman year, Deion Smith. From LSU? LSU. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can he, he, he get his freshman. academics right? Yeah, he was a freshman this past year um, right away at the X. Um, the other guy is going to be Caleb Chapman. Does he get a waiver from the SEC because he's about to become a graduate transfer? Is he somebody that we double back on? So those are two guys that I'm watching right now. I've got no intel saying that that's, that's going to happen or the two guys, but those are just two that I'm monitoring that I've got a lot of interest in. And I know we pulled John Smith when he first hit the portal, but the feedback was he had a lot of work to do this past year. So now that that work is completed – do we circle back around if those transcripts now match up? And the, really the only other position of need that Auburn entered this season wanting to fill is the edge. Yeah. Um, and since I believe we last – since last week, uh, Odua Isabor committed to Cal. And yeah. I think – I don't know, this might sound bad, but it might have been a blessing. 
Like Cole said, man, I mean, you know, Creamer had, dude, this did, this dude wanted no part <laughs> of, of what he, of what Auburn did. We talked about that, right? That, yeah. That, that Hall and Leota was somewhat of a, you know. A deterrent. Was, yeah, yeah. So. But I, even though they had, you know, they had reps to give, this kid, and I, I'm going to say this, and this is just from talking to people closer that knows more about his recruitment than I do, or at least publicly. His dad was more concerned about Leota and yeah, uh, yeah. Derek Hall than the kid was. The kid right. really wanted to play on the SEC level. I mean, dude, he left UCLA wanting to get to a bigger stage, and he went to freaking Cal. I mean, that ought <laughs> right. to tell you something, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think uh, I think he saw the writing on the wall, or at least his dad did. As a one-year guy, right, he was a one-year guy. Yeah. So he, he wants somewhere that he can – there, there's an empty spot at the top of that depth chart. Auburn didn't have that. They had some down here, but yeah. his his dad really wants uh, really really wanted a better situation and a better opportunity for guaranteed playing time than Auburn was offering. So uh, we won't waste any more time on uh, on that guy. He's done. So, but uh, Jay had mentioned a couple of wide receivers. The only other position I can think of is best available, which I think we're seeing with Tucker Dorsey. A, a stud, yeah. a stud yeah. player yeah. that can improve the one hundred percent. Yeah, and and then the edge position, which we we kind of warned everybody about two weeks ago when I kind of had a feeling this Isabor wasn't going to work out. Worst case scenario was Auburn doesn't sign an edge. Not the end of the world. We just talked about they got two all SEC, probably all American. I mean, you know, some studs coming back at the position. So it's not the end of the world. You can move guys from inside outside. Uh, to yeah. get some help there when you needed it, some temporary help, uh, and Auburn could take a D tackle, which they now have with Morris Joseph. And and you wonder too, Jeffrey, if if looking for another linebacker is a way to try to incorporate Cam Riley with the edges more, because he worked there in the in the uh, spring. So I, I, I could see it, man. He's Cam got Riley. The, he looks like an edge. Hell, he came out of high school looking like he looked like Carlos Dansby to me. Yeah, he's got the. He's and got that's the what, look. Yeah, that's what he did in high school. Yeah, he was an edge in high school. That's primarily where he played. Now, he dropped and covered some, but predominantly he was an edge player in high school, and he's had to learn to play in the box. That's been a big adjustment for him. So getting him back out in space or on the edge, I think that would be a natural transition. But you're right, Cole. If you take another linebacker like this kid from James Madison, yeah, that definitely gives you the flexibility to play a guy like Cam Riley, who's probably in your two deep right now, out mm-hmm. on the edge. Yeah. Especially Lots. situationally. I, I love, I love and hate the transfer portal. It, you know, it's it's a it's a freaking roller coaster, man. Yeah, it is. It's a roller coaster, emotional roller coaster for me. I mean, you know, you get so invested in the kid, and then it's not an option, and you go, oh my god. So, uh, man, it's it's been a a roller coaster transfer portal season for Auburn so far. Looks like it's kind of winding down. Is there a deadline coming up? No, it's just enrollment, right? Everybody's in that's going to be in that's going to be eligible this next year. Now you've got to enroll somewhere within the next two weeks. I think Auburn's uh, – all, all the signees are reporting. The rest of the signees are reporting May 27th, I think the end of the, this month, um, which will unofficially start summer workouts. Yes. You, so know, what, you know what thought just hit my mind is Morris Joseph was – from what I understand, technically still committed to Georgia Tech. Is that right? I didn't yes. count him, but I guess technically, yes. Okay. 
Well, how many guys are not signed that are technically committed somewhere else in the transfer portal? Hmm. I'm curious. We don't know. I mean, it's impossible to know, right? If they signed or not, unless they're, you know, I guess their uh, Twitter page put out that they signed like Auburn does, but. That's pretty, that's pretty typical. They want to lay claim to their guys. If they haven't released it, then he hasn't signed. I, I'm I'm pretty sure on that. Well, that might be something that we are unaware of that could be going on if there's anybody just kind of still hanging out there not signed anywhere. <laughs> so, who knows? This next two weeks is, is probably going to be wild, if I had to imagine, with the transfer. Damn, player. I hope not. <laughs> I, I, I think well, that's my guess for you, Jeffrey. Unfortunately, I think you're gonna be it's, it's going um, <laughs> to a degree. Don't tell now, me that, man. I was looking for that. Still, I was looking for that May first. Still a lot in there to get through it. Hey, so and here's the other thing: is grad transfers can still enter, um, and, and that's going to be probably who you're watching. There you go. First. Yeah. There you um, go. So they can still enter. They'll waiver to play right away, but. The NCAA is just blanket wavering those guys. If you graduate from someplace and you can transfer someplace else, that's a non-issue. I mean, it, that literally is like rubber stamping paperwork. They don't care. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Definitely interested. See, I put out some feelers on that Caleb Chapman, man. You know, we looked uh, about a month or two ago. I think after Keith had reported it was no a, a no-go and confirmed that it was a no-go. Uh, but is that a possibility? Because if it is, I really think Auburn got a shot there. You guys have yeah, a lot of connection. You've got SEC West. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if that materializes. If not, we'll shut it down real quick. Like we should be able to shut it down real quick. Like, uh, but definitely keep an eye on that. Grad transfer edges. Grad transfer linebackers, obviously. And like we said, grad transfer best available, man. Mm-hmm. If it improves your roster, you've got the numbers now, right? Mm-hmm. You've got the holes. You're not affecting anybody. And again, nope. Then again. You got more spots to fill in your uh, high school recruiting class now. That's right. Man, <laughs> so, so, so somebody asked a couple of people asked about this after the Morris Joseph signing. That is seventy-eight. J head, is that correct? You're our number, our, our, our roster guy. That we're seventy-eight. Maybe on contingent on Jacob Quattlebaum and whether or not he's a, a scholarship guy now. At this point, I'm not exactly sure. Um, there could be some other walk-ons that have chips. But I think at this time, 78. That's what sounds right to me. Are you right counting uh, running back Jordan Ingram in that? No, yes, I am. I'm counting, J- I'm, I'm counting J- Jordan, Jordan Ingram uh, right now. That's in my 78. Okay. So seven spots to fill before the fall. Correct. And Plus, look, if we can get just like that 82, I think that may. Yeah, I mean, that's about. That's about right, right? I mean, you get 82, typically you give a couple of schol- uh, walk-ons scholarship for a year, senior walk-ons that's been paying their dues. I mean, that's that's typical. Yeah. So what, right now yeah. you're thinking Auburn is minus four of, of a standard roster. Yeah. Yes, that, that's that's my feeling on it, Jeffrey, about minus four. And can we find, like you said, spots at another wide receiver and then two best available? And yeah. you're really looking pretty good if you can get yeah. there. Absolutely. Which, I will say I, I've not known this staff yet to just fill spots to fill them. So, no. you know, don't hold your breath on that. But obviously they still do want to try and get players if they feel like they're good enough, you know, to try to fill out the roster. But, again, there's a lot of unknowns right now. I can tell from us talking through this. So it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. 
Speaking of guys that are pretty good and not just to fill the roster, Brock Glenn, quarterback yeah. from Memphis. Yeah. Uh, we've we've talked Auburn Glenn is his name, Brock Auburn Glenn. I think they call him Auburn because he was a it, it, he was a big Auburn fan, right? Growing up, or his parents were. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Granddad went to Auburn University. He was named for his grandfather, um, who was a graduate of the veterinary medicine program there. Hey, so, what? If he comes to Auburn, he'll be called Auburn. Promise you that. <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm gonna call him Brock because it's confusing the shit out of me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we talk about Auburn all the time and all, what Auburn's gonna do. Well, we're talking about Brock Glenn. We're gonna talk about yeah. Brock. <clears throat> um, but anyways, he is, in my opinion, a stud quarterback. He's a three-star guy on every network. I think Cole said ESPN had him at a four. Was that Brock you're talking about? No, it was Desalin Worsham. Yeah, think. that's what I thought. <laughs> but anyways, Brock Glenn is a, is a consensus three-star, but he's went to the elite uh, regionals in Nashville, I think, two weeks ago, showed out, has now made the elite 11 finals. Jay Head, you like this kid. Kid. Um, love the consistent work, um, the repeatable arm motion. Everything screams, you know, Brian Harson quarterback. He is a prototypical pro style with good athleticism. Cole hit it the other day when he talked about presence and possibility, not necessarily bailing too quickly and being able to step through the pocket and still make accurate throws. Everything about him screams system fit. And there are a lot of other teams that have taken notice of what he's done since the fall with regard to his you know, work with quarterback, with regard to the Elite 11 and the performance that he just put on. And him has now all. Mississippi State, who always throws the football, and Mike Leach is a great, I guess, uh, fireback's Tony Elliott from Virginia, who had a lot of in with quarterback. Um, and then TCU and Sonny Dykes. Yeah. All five programs that are involved experience with producing good quarterback play. And I think it speaks to his pedigree. It, it speaks to his competitiveness, what he just did out at the Elite 11. And I think what – out there by guys and the national guys that were on the scene was that he was the quarterback best floor. Fewest mistakes of any quarterback there was pretty flawed standpoint. Maybe doesn't have the upside that the Nika Nico I am on a I think uh, I'm a It's committed to yeah, I it's committed to Tennessee. You're not gonna have the drop off either. There's parts that are really raw. You don't have that issue with Brock. Yeah. Just I, I think from a fit system point, three star, whatever, I think he's gonna go up in the rankings, to be completely honest. I think when he goes out there to California, he's gonna show off even more and you'll see him rise. But even if he's not a top in the country, that doesn't matter to me. What matters is does he fit our scheme? Does he partisan of what he wants from you know, from an arm talent standpoint, quarterback mentality standpoint, from an athletic standpoint. And he fits all three of those criteria. Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. Isn't this the second year in a row Auburn's had a didn't Holden Gurner make the eleven finals last year? Didn't he didn't he didn't go out there and, and and you know what I mean? He didn't kill it. Yeah, he was in it though. But he he killed it up until those finals, and then yeah. didn't, and this had I mean he had an average week out there from what I from what I yeah. read. I, yeah, he was middle of the pack, but he yeah. didn't make it. Yeah, he was eleven. I mean he was a he he was a middle of the pack elite eleven finalist. Right. Curious to see how Brock Glenn's going to do out there. Curious to see if Auburn's going to be able to pull him. We're expecting an official visit in June. I think a decision won't be too far off. 
Yeah, I think the exposure has gotten more schools' attention too, and uh, I, I don't know. He hasn't gotten any newer offers from you know big schools, but I know there's probably communication. I, I talk with him a good bit, so he said he's hearing from other schools, and um, you know, I, I I don't think there's anything to worry about there. I think Auburn's probably the team to beat without question. Um, but just to show you, you know, once they start seeing him in these camp settings and all that, they schools are interested in, in his ability. So, I mean, once again, it seems like Brian Harson and his staff get out in front of a lot of guys with the evaluation. They do it a lot, you know. So that's another guy to add to that list. I think it'll boil down to an SEC West battle. I think you're probably going to see Auburn versus Mississippi State. And if A&M does offer, they're going to be in contention. I fully and they're close. I mean, they're talking to him. He's one of three quarterbacks that they've recently made a move on. Jalen Rashida, Dante Moore. Brock Glenn's also – so if they make an offer, I guarantee you – then, you know what I mean, you got a real battle on your hands. So, I said, Auburn, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, those are the three schools that I'm – for Brock Glenn. Yeah. You know, with Brock Glenn, I've talked to him in person one time. Uh, on the phone a couple of times. He doesn't – he seems like more of an Auburn guy. I mean, A&M, is, is, Jimbo is – he's different. <laughs> they uh, recruit different kids. And I, I'll, be, I'll be curious to see if Jimbo does make a run at him. And if so, if that affects anything. I'm, I'm with Cole. I think Jay had, we're all in the same boat. I think Auburn's the team to beat. I think it'll take a lot to change that. And uh, curious to see how things play out with him. I, I hope he ends it pretty soon. I, I really feel like Auburn's putting – they're all in on this kid. Yeah. yeah. Brian Harson is very involved in this recruitment. Keesaw's very involved with this recruitment. So, I mean, hell, it seems like a lot of them are. You know, they, they, put a, they put a lot of chips on, on, on this one. Right. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. Speaking of uh, Jimbo, had a little news. Old Nick Saban. I won't spend too much time on it. I just want to say, like Nick Saban, uh, this might be one you want to sit out, big dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, you might want to sit this one out. God, hey, he did, did he? Yeah. He said Jimbo paid every one of them, and we didn't pay anybody. Well, I mean, uh, you know, it was a it was a fun game before everybody could play, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, damn. Um, I have the turntables. Oh, <laughs> there, there was a couple of guys that jumped out and was like, hey, man, what was that dude? Uh, who was it that said you offered me? Uh, it was Alabama, but he wasn't saving. Uh, anyways, I, I just, that, that was, mm, I, I'm curious to see how Jimbo's going to respond. <laughs> oh, that's going to be fun. Uh, so the Jimbo's thin skin, man. He, Jimbo's oh, real thin-skinned, so you know he's you know he's going to respond. Well, he's already, what does he say? Is is this an actually is this actually a response to what Jimbo said earlier? Uh, I can't remember when he said it, but he oh, said he, it was on signing day. He said we didn't yeah we didn't pay for that. Is this? I think there was forty million dollars or something they paid for that signing class. Yeah, for thirty it's thirty million. Thirty million for, reported. Yeah. yeah, for one guy. You mean? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. For the whole. The, that class, million dollars yeah. is what Texas A&M, yeah, is they, what Texas A&M was reported to have expended. 
Well, let's just look at the past year in, with, with Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. Jimbo Fisher said, we're going to beat his ass while he's there, which they subsequently did. Uh, yeah, but you have to give that credit to Zach Calzada. Zach Calzada at quarterback. <laughs> then he goes and takes the number one recruiting class from Saban. He basically lifted Saban's skirt and patted him on the butt and said, move along, big dog. Yeah, he did, didn't he? And then Nick Saban, I mean, I'll tell you, dude. Hey, uh, I, I, listen, he, he, I think he's a very average coach, my opinion. Yeah. I think he's I think he's a fantastic – anybody can be a fantastic coach when you uh, accumulate the wealth of talent yeah. that he does. I, I, somebody, I think it was uh, one of our uh, Clemson guys, made a note last night making fun of Jimbo Fisher saying he went eight and four and, and somehow signed the top four defensive ends. And my reply was, dude, Nick Saban went six and six in the regular season in 2007, lost to freaking Louisiana Monroe, <laughs> and then signed the number one class in the country and has stayed there ever since. So with that, with, with equal, with lesser talent, he was two and six in the SEC. He was six and six overall. He lost to Louisiana Monroe and only had a winning record because they beat Colorado in the Liberty Bowl or something that year. He then signs three, three, four months later, he signs the number one class in the country and has been at the top since. So, oh, well, did you guys that? Yeah. That coming in, Zimbo's having a press conference right now. All right, let's go. Uh, we're shooting this. Uh, they should be ready pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, that's all I got. I got a couple. How about you, man? Uh, and then we're going to be back Tuesday night with our call-in show. Well, uh, Steve Kent. Hey, J-Head, it wasn't too bad, dude. I, I give it a C. Solid C. Your audio. It was, it was not C. as bad. Okay. <clears throat> it, was, uh, it was a solid C. We'll, we'll see if we can't get that worked out. Uh, a couple of – do y'all have any how-abouts or anything? Nope. I got one for Zach, man. And if anybody um, – Zach, can you jump on here? Coles, he had a really good interview with Morse Young. Uh, Morse yeah. Joseph. Yeah. Y'all go check out Zach's podcast. We're going to hear about that, Zach. Yeah, you can look up uh, the Blue Bloods podcast for the Blue Bloods on YouTube. Or if you type in Morris Joseph interview, man, it'll be one of the first ones there. So yeah, shout out to y'all. on the board. Why don't we put that on the board? Yeah, Zach, go post that. Dude. Post it for you. Yeah, I got you. Got you, man. Uh, a couple of how about you. I only have four how about you. I got three. Oh, I got, I got, I got 50, 50. Man, we have some Dingleberry <laughs> Coast. Uh, uh, I got my Dingleberry Weeks. I go to uh, Albie Bella. I got Granite Tiger. Uh, AU underscore Cheddar Biscuit. And, and, and everything Gucci. All four of y'all. Uh, Y'all are y'all are decent posters. Had a couple of Dingleberry posters. Dow, you know the D O W, the Dingleberries of the week. That the, the Dow's this week. Uh, how about you this week to uh, to Swamp Eagle, man? He's come a reg on here. Oh yeah, uh, but he is a he's a great poster. He makes some very counter uh, posts on some of these D O Ws. Uh, All twelve's fantastic, man. I got to get him a how about he's he's had a wonderful he's been great uh, posting. Uh, uh, how about you to All Day Berry? All Day Berry, I think he's a newer guy. Appreciate him. And then uh, Anon, 16282912289. How about you to Anon there? Uh, again, folks, see this weekend, uh, Connor Stroh's coming in for an official visit. Might have some others come in. Uh, keep an eye out on that. Official visits will begin this weekend. 
Connor Shirley will be off of Sacramento and uh, be able to look out for that Sunday. Uh, Tuesday, we're going to have our call-in show. Should have some more callers, man. We had a great couple of first weeks on, on that show. Uh, but if you are not over the site, jump on there, man. Auburn Live on three, one, one free week. If you don't like it, you can cut us, but it won't happen, I promise you. Otherwise, we will see y'all next Tuesday night, 6.30 p.m. on our YouTube channel, Auburn Live on three. For Cole Pinkston, for Jay Head, I'm Jeff Lee. Stay out of the left lane, unless you're passing, and get the tail back over to the right. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.